Hey shippers, welcome to season five and our 100th episode. Woo, yeah, we are so <laughs> excited that we reached this milestone, but also excited to be talking to Christine and Raul from Phantom of the Opera as the longest running Broadway show sadly closes this <laughs> month. No. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hi shippers, I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast. We're back for season five, baby. I seriously can't believe we're on season five, Devin. <laughs> like, not only that, but our hundredth episode. Like, I know this is surreal stuff. And we have all of you guys to thank because That's you right. actually listen and we appreciate you. And when we started this, it was just like me and Devin messing around with Anchor, which doesn't even exist anymore, technically. Yeah, it's not um, been combined with spotify. spotify podcast yes yep and we did we started with like a really long episode you remember on romeo and juliet oh my gosh where we did yeah. all that research we did we did so much research and not prep. that we don't not that we don't research guys but yeah, now we just kind of hop on and we're like well <laughs> but when i listen back to those first episodes i it just makes me cringe at the editing that i was doing at the time hey yo but we're just being honest. Maybe I'll have Tom remaster some of them. Um, but looking back, we've talked about Gatsby, some of our highlights, Leslie and Ben from Parks and Rec, Harry and Ginny. We talked about uh, what are the ones from that other one from Percy Jackson, mm -hmm. Percy and Annabeth. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. Lord we've of the Rings. Been everywhere. Um, but through this whole process, we've met some incredible friends and bookstagrammers, and it's really been a wild ride. So happy 100 to everyone who's part of this with us. We ship you all. Aww. And as a thank you from us and a farewell to Phantom, we will be doing a giveaway when this episode airs. So look out on Instagram for those details. Yes, I am very excited for that. Two of the things I'm going to spoil now. No. Nope. <laughs> We're going to give away these little cute whiskey tumblers and they have the first page of Phantom of the Opera like written on them. So it doesn't just have to be whiskey, but yeah, it could be for anything. But for me, it's for whiskey <laughs> and not right now. <laughs> but anyway, we don't uh, do that. That's just going to be part of it. And um, yeah, it's super exciting. I think we partnered with Well Told. So give them a checkout as well. Mm hmm. Okay, so on with our episode, our 100th episode on Phantom of the Opera, Christine and Raul. This one is bittersweet as Phantom is closing, like Devin said on Broadway, after being <sighs> the longest running show. Is it the longest running show or almost longest running show? I think it is one the longest. Of, we'll just say one of. <laughs> one of, amongst cats <laughs> and other things. Um, but... This classic lives on in its movies, books, and more. Today, we're going to focus on the movies and show. Um, mm -hmm. And to dissect the couple, we have Hannah Wolf with us. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Yay. Welcome to the show. Hannah is one of my coworkers, and she is a diehard Phantom and Broadway fan. So I knew I had to ask her to join us. And I found out that she was such a Phantom fan this past December because as part of her <laughs> As part of Secret Santa, I got Hannah and I kind of lied a little bit. And I told her we were doing a survey for this podcast on what her favorite Broadway shows were. And she said Phantom because I want to make her a little gift, you know, and she said Phantom. So I was like, <laughs> knew we had to ask her. But thanks for joining, Hannah. Yeah, I'm excited. So we love it. <laughs> we're happy to have you. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Um, oh, and uh, before we dive in, reminder, there will be spoilers. So be aware, uh, yeah. but do not be afraid of spoilers on this show. Uh, we are not, excuse me. So uh, <laughs> so don't do it. Don't, don't listen if you haven't seen the show. Or the um, movie or yes. whatever. Oh, and because before we get started, actually, Hannah, this is something we do. I forgot to warn you about. Uh, before we hop into Phantom of the Opera stuff, we're just going to ask our traditional question of what are you thankful for this week? So, Hannah, you can think about it a little bit. Uh, Gasp. Devin, do you have anything you're thankful for this week? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm thankful for sunny days. That's beautiful. 
I'm going to say. I'm hoping that we get more of them. It's supposed oh, to be yeah. warming up this week. So, how is it in PA? Clearly, very sunny as my uh, <laughs> is god it awful warm? lighting in here. No, um, is it warm? I don't think so. It will be warming up later on this week, I believe, like near the 80s or more, which it's is like good. hot here. It'll it's be like a little hot. hot. Um, I'm gonna say I'm thankful for flowers because our <laughs> cherry blossom tree is blooming, and that makes me happy. I love cherry blossoms, yes. Hannah, what are you thankful for? Um, I'm going to be cheesy and say I'm thankful for family. I just got back from a whole weekend with my family out of town. And it yes. was super fun. Got to introduce them all to my puppy. So it was really oh, fun. Oh, yes, your puppy. How's the puppy? She's good. She is struggling with using the bathroom outside. But oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> God bless you. What kind of puppy? She's a Pomsky, Pomeranian Husky. Wow. Oh, I've never cool. heard of that, but she's so cute. I've seen she's a little fuzzball. I love that. Good luck. How, like how old? She's 12 weeks. Wow. You're right. Oh, she in body is a training. puppy. Oh yeah, my goodness. <laughs> God bless you, Hannah. <laughs> All right, cool. So moving on with our Phantom of the Opera episode, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to go through my quick summary here. And just tell me if I'm wrong on any of this, because I kind of sometimes get a little bit confused as there are some things that are different in each aspect of the story. So just tell me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we begin the story at an old opera house. There's a name. I don't have it included here because let's face it. I'm not that researched on it. It was built over a lake that has many mysterious passages within Uh, the Phantom of the Opera or Eric kind of runs the show i love that he is named eric that is just great like this phantom this mysterious guy just has this generic name that is great um but he kind of runs the show that's true ha um but he kind of runs the show and he pulls the strings from below no one really knows or sees him so there's this element of mystery there and he works with this young actress named christine to help her improve her singing He is her angel of music of sorts. We see the star of the opera house. I forget her name, but she's like this kind of prissy, like snobby lady uh, start to have tragedies happen to her. And it's clear that the Phantom wants Christine to be the star instead of this woman. Okay, so Carlotta. Now we have the name out there. Thank you. She quit. All this crazy stuff was happening. And then Christine comes in and she becomes sort of the star of the show because she does such a dang good job. Um, And her old friend, Raul, sees her again and falls head over heels. So the Phantom isn't thrilled to see them link up. So bad things start happening. He convinces Christine to come to his lair, uh, feels super connected to her. In the movie, there's some weird stuff going on. He's got like... (laughs) a life-size version of her down there, which, you know, that's great. Um, And eventually she takes off his mask to see his face, which is deformed. And Christine freaks out. She escapes. She kind of thinks of him as almost like a monster, which is really sad. Um, But after more occurrences um, from the opera ghost, Christine agrees to marry Raul and they run away together, but again is captured by the phantom. Raul chases after them to the lair, is captured, And Christine is forced to choose to either marry Phantom and see Raul live or let Raul die. She kisses the Phantom, because why not at this point? And he decides to let them both go and recedes into darkness. Years later, Raul goes to Christine's grave and sees a red rose near the gravestone, acknowledging that the opera ghost is still alive and his love has never died. It's really sad. (laughs) It gets you every time. Um, but yes, that's our little summary. So, Devin, shall we move to the questions? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is it about this show that has allowed it to withstand time and 35 years on Broadway? What do you think, Hannah? I don't know. I feel like it's probably just because it's this classic good versus bad kind of thing that everybody loves. Everybody loves a good love triangle. Mm. It's just, there's so many (laughs) redeeming qualities and the music's incredible. I mean, Mm. the music from it is especially, you know, the masquerade song with all the people. And I don't know. It's just, it's a spectacular sight to behold. And I think it's the, it's all the story elements that makes people want to watch it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely does draw on that spectacle. Like they have big, loud, 
just like scenes with lots of cast. And I think that that's a really big part of it. The music's great. And I just think there's that element of mystery, like, you know, that gothic romance almost that people just mm-hmm. really love to to read and to to watch because there's always that mystery of romance, but it's like more than that. There's also like, a, ooh, what's going on? Is there a ghost? I think mm-hmm. it just really like hits all the right points of like dramatic theatrical like stories. Um, so that's why I think it's withstood the test of time. And I just think people... People really relate to it. I mean, there are good stories on Broadway. You can go and see any number of them, right? Wicked, great show. Lame is <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, but um, with Phantom, it's just it's just a great plot. There's mystery. There's romance. There's action. Good versus evil. Like you said, it's the perfect story. Yeah, I think just harping on some of the same concepts that you mentioned is like the music is phenomenal. Um character development i think we really see some well-rounded and well-developed characters that um we can easily connect to i think we can all con- connect to christine in some way we can all connect yeah. to raul in some way we can all connect to the phantom in some way we felt like we've always um we feel outcasted at times and then that's mm-hmm. one way that we can connect to him um it's a story of love, but also a story of obsession as well. And what happens to that. Um, but really it all comes back to the music because it's yeah. amazing. It um, is. Even if you're not like an opera fan, like when I was younger, I was like family opera. That sounds weird. I don't like opera music. <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> There's ghosts. No, uh, but the music is just phenomenal and mm-hmm. um, how it, plays on the mystery factor how it plays on the opera operatic nature how it plays off of the um the beauty of the time period as well i think it's really mm-hmm. cool um so it's definitely neat there's lots of different elements of that that like pop up too the time period is a big part of it too like the the outfits and everything Mm. that's so cool the outfits are so good i I know just staring at the dresses they're so amazing i would love to go to like a masquerade ball just like dress (laughs) up like that i can't okay before i get too excited uh so What's your favorite song from the musical? We've talked about music here and how Mm -hmm. it's a big part of this. Probably the best part of the show is the music. So Hannah, what is your favorite song? I feel like it's changed a little bit. Like growing up, I was obsessed with this growing up, which I have no idea why my parents let me watch this at the age that they did, but it's fine. (laughs) But I feel like growing up, I really loved Think of Me because it was just like Mm -hmm. the classic you know, it's it's one of the biggest songs in the movie. But I think now that I'm a little bit older, I've really come to appreciate wishing you were somehow mm. here again. Especially in the past year, I not to be too deep, but mm. I did. Lo- lo- I lost my dad last year, so sorry, just the fact that she's singing to her father and it's just this mm-hmm. sweet, just wishing that he was still there with her. I understand it a lot more than I used to, and I Absolutely. just think lyrically, it's incredible, and musically, it's amazing, and I love it so much. Mm. Yeah. Devin. It's powerful. Um, it's really so hard to choose, though. I know. <laughs> um, all I ask of you. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good I one. think because don't both Raul and um, Phantom sing bits and pieces of like Raul sings the song, but then doesn't Phantom also pick this tune up at some point stranger the of the night or whatever um, well there's a yeah there's like a reprise that he re- does yeah. after yeah which I, I just think is really cool how they both are able to sing the song and have different emotions going on with the with what's happening and um yeah i think it's a really pretty song mm-hmm. i like I just love like the main ditty, the Phantom of the like. Duh, 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 duh. I think that is so good. <laughs> the main ditty. <laughs> it puts you in there, man. I don't even know what it's called, but I was gonna say too. Wishing you were somehow here again. That's my like number one spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go to see the show, I haven't seen the show, which really sucks that it's closing because I really wanted to. But 
I would imagine that Christine, it has to be a powerhouse. Like that is the part of the show. And this is the song that we really see like a lot of her range come out and Mm-hmm. It is powerful. When I first watched this, I was in the library, technically working <laughs> back at school. I was working <laughs> um, in the library and I had headphones in and I was trying my hardest not to just be bawling during this moment because everyone around me was being quiet. So I was just like, they're crying. And <laughs> it, it's just such a powerful song. You can't avoid the emotions there. Um, yeah. So I'll second that. Yeah. I also think that like the other, some of the other songs in the movie, she's really timid and almost just afraid and it's one of the only songs where she's just letting all of the emotion out and just being herself instead of feeling Mm -hmm. scared of everything for sure i think it's a moment for her finally to realize why she makes some of the choices she does because she's so obsessed with this phantom of music or what angel of music because she doesn't have a father figure at that point and she's young i mean she's growing up like trying to figure out who she is. She wants to be successful in this show. And I think it's this moment that she finally realizes like, oh crap. Like I, I just miss my dad. And it's just like Mm. a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, Yeah. But then there's also like masquerade and everything like that's So good. good. I I always pick one of those louder songs. So I had to go with wishing you were somehow here again. Mm -hmm. Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. All right. So childhood sweethearts, true, but do they have a believable relationship? Do these two, Christine and Raul, have a believable relationship? <laughs> I I tend to think they do. I really love them together, and I think there's a lot of redeeming qualities. They yeah. both have some stuff to work on a little bit. <laughs> like it's it's obviously not a super mature relationship, I would mm-hmm. say, but I do think that they make it pretty clear that they love each other. They struggle a little bit with how they act that out, I think, mm-hmm. throughout their choices that they're making. But I think they have a really believable relationship. And you can tell that they're just really, really into each other. I definitely think they have the passion. <laughs> I think, like, it's really cute when we first see Raul see her on stage. And he's like, oh, Christine. Like. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he is like this classic, like knight in shining armor type. And so mm-hmm. she just like falls for it. And I, but I do think they really love each other. So I, I will say, like, I'm not saying that they have a, like a, a fake relationship or anything. I think they really love each other. Sometimes it's a little hard to like believe that it happened so fast. But at the end of the day, like it's basic it's based on the timing of the show i don't think that it's like a oh love at first sight they also have experience and past history together that we don't even get to see as the audience so mm-hmm. i think it's believable it's a little like fantasy but i think there is believable aspects to it for sure I devin's gonna disagree <laughs> i see it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can buy into the relationship at the start. Um, Why? What is what triggers you? <clears throat> in the book, she pretends that she doesn't rec- even recognize him. Did you read the book, Devin? I, I did. <gasps> the book perspective. Okay, good. So Go some, uh, she faints, I believe, and he like rushes to her and she wakes him and is like i don't know you and he's like yes you do we were a childhood sweetheart <laughs> like <laughs> and she's like no i don't um but in the play she can't take her eyes off of him um hoping that he recognizes her so um i don't know if they have the strongest foundation that we know of um, and they jump right back into where they left off um from years prior but i i I just don't know if I, I can. He's not accept, sold. I don't know if I can accept the relationship relationship at the start when we first meet them, mm-hmm. because it it seems very instant, um, and very. Uh, I don't know if I can believe in the foundation of it all. Yeah. I like I like the progression at first. I, yeah, I think it's just like, ooh, wow, look at him, and ooh, wow, look at her, and she's talented, <laughs> and he he has all the money. So I don't know. Like, I need more. I feel like we get that a lot in these types of stories, though. Like this, like shallow, like beginning, like oh, we're lame is like Cosette and Marius, mm-hmm. but I think that over over the course, we'll talk more about this over the course of time. I think that they are pretty obvious that they 
show love to one another. Correct. There, it, it, it's just at the start. <laughs> at the yeah, start. I think there's a difference between like the initial infatuation with somebody, and mm-hmm. then once I, I, I think that's like an aspect of love. You know, mm-hmm. like the love at first sight kind of thing. Like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing, and I remember him as a child. Yeah. And then as they go on, I think it grows into more of a deep love. It's like yeah. a different type of love. I think at the beginning, and I, I can understand. Oh yeah. That. There's there's definitely butterflies within them. Um, it's just that antsiness and excitedness yeah. of seeing someone that you haven't seen in a long time and getting back to normal in a sense. Like it's someone that they they grew up knowing and that they they know them intimately. Um, mm-hmm. At least we also are he meant, knew her father too. Right, we're meant to assume mm-hmm. that they had like they shared memories with each other. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you just we don't see the foundation. Correct. As much. I think that's the main issue that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. So next question. Um, Christine has devoted her soul to the angel of music. How does this restrict her from being with Raul? Oh, that, there's just so much here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a deep one. Here's the box. Here we're unpacking the box. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was rewatching it earlier because I haven't seen it in like three weeks, so I had to watch it. Oh yes. wow! <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a lot, but I was rewatching it earlier, and I just I don't know. I think it's hard because she believes that the angel of music is from her dad, so she mm-hmm. feels like this obligation towards him, and he requires so much of her that it seems like it keeps her from doing anything else she wants to do, which includes, you know, spending time with Raul and, and having a normal falling in love kind of relationship because she feels this obligation that she may not have felt if she didn't connect it with her dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think he also makes the request that she focuses solely on her music, which really holds her back hampers her from um expanding as a per like he's helping her grow in her career but other than that like he's hampering her making her stagnant in her social realm um and um and he also requests that he she only loves him uh so she she dictates herself to the angel and, um, or it's not dictate, dictates, but dedicates herself to the angel um, and warns Raul of the, what might come of, like, if we pursue this, there, there's going to be consequences or there's going to be some hesitancy um, because I just don't want to see anything happen to you. Uh, so there's a little bit of restrictions involved (laughs) it's so unhealthy (laughs) whenever i like think about this too much i just can't think about it too much like so yeah she thinks that this is the ghost or the spirit of her father or like sent from him or something Mm -hmm. so obviously she thinks that this thing wouldn't hurt her like wouldn't put her in a position to be doing something that's not good for her she just completely trusts this thing. Um, and it just from that element, from that aspect, like Christine being an immature, like young girl who's still growing up and like having this person say, oh, you're going to love me and only me. <laughs> your dad wouldn't like request that from you. Like your dad would want what's best for you. And I just don't think she understands that because she had such a limited time with him. And also just she grew up in this like fantasy land of the opera house and with the angel of music and all of that. So it just completely restricts her from being able to move forward from or to grow really. It keeps her in an immature Mm -hmm. state. And that's really what screams like unhealthy, get out of here. Warning. Ah." Warning. Yeah. Like don't listen (laughs) to this. It's clearly not your dad. Um, Yeah. yeah. I think it's sad too. Cause I, I think 
she doesn't even get the chance to celebrate her victories because she has to just do what she's told and stay in her room mm-hmm. and go to bed early. And even I think he kind of takes credit for her victory as his victory because yeah, she's the one that's saying, and she's the one that got this amazing yeah. opportunity. And mm-hmm. yeah, he taught her but and look he, what I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really sad that she doesn't even get a chance to be proud of herself or think about how much her father would be proud of her because he's just focused on himself and she's allowing it to happen because she yeah. thinks that's how it's supposed to be. It's really sad. Absolutely. It's also unhealthy for him because I mean, honestly, I, I feel for, the guy for Eric, because like he also went through lots of trauma in his life. But what it does is just perpetuate this idea of like control that he's trying to seek. Like he is possessive and this drives him into even further mm-hmm. insanity because he's been lonely his whole life. And finally he has someone beautiful and like capable and skillful following every word that he says. So it's just like this, this like, I don't know. They both sort of descend into this unhealth together. And it would be interesting to see Eric. Like, I know we see later on there's a rose left in her grave, but I kind of want to know what happens after this. Like, does he continue in this possessive pattern of other people in the. Oh, do you know? Does someone know, Hannah? I. Listen, I try to forget. I, there is a sequel. There is a sequel. And, uh, a, I don't know what I'm <laughs> saying. It's the worst thing ever. Don't. It's ever, bad. It's the worst. If it's you don't want to hate the great. story or the characters, don't ever watch it. I watched is it, it one canon? time. Is it canon? Or is it just like a movie that someone put out? It's not canon. It's, it's not a book, but it was a show. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber did a sequel show called Love Never Dies. And it's just the worst thing I've ever watched oh, in my God. life. Yeah, it ruins everything. So, <laughs> well, so what happens in this show? Like, ooh, well, more spoilers. Basically, yeah. um, the Phantom escaped to New York with the help of Madame Jury and Meg, and runs some kind of freak show in uh, in okay. um, was it like Coney Island or whatever? Yeah, um, and uh, he pays Christine to come sing there. She hasn't sung in years, but Raul has gambled away all of their money. No, mm. they have a child and they bring it. They bring the child and they all come to New York. And then you find out that she slept with the phantom the night before her wedding. And it's his child, not Raul's. Ooh. And it's just the worst thing in the whole oh world. My and gosh. <laughs> if you really don't want a spoiler, then turn this part off but uh in the end christine dies and it's the worst (laughs) i'm losing my mind right now well here's the thing like if that's canon then eric is the worst and also raul (laughs) is the worst and yeah i don't know what to say but ignoring the fact that that exists (laughs) it kind of because it it skips to the end in the first movie i don't know if this is what it does in the show where we see her dead and like Mm -hmm. raul's at her grave whatever so without that strange turn of events i am left to wonder if this is sort of his like path in life and if he is doing a freak show like that just sounds like another like aspect of trying to gain control and like Mm -hmm. i don't know be the muse to all of these types of like performers. I don't know, but right. it isn't, it isn't healthy for him or her, frankly, this relationship. Oh, that's crazy. Anna. my mind is blown. <laughs> Did you know about this, Devin? I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Continuing with this angel of music. Mm. Why is Christine so captured by him? And why does she allow herself to get so deep into the chaos? I mean, I don't know if this is bad to say, but we've addressed it a couple of times. She's just got daddy issues and (laughs) she really does though. She's got daddy issues. He's a father figure to her and she just really trusts that he knows what's best for her. And Mm. to be fair, he did train her up in such a way that she was able to get this incredible opportunity of being, Mm -hmm. you know, the main voice in this Mm -hmm. opera that none of her other chorus girls with her got to do. And he was successful in helping her get to where she is. So she Mm -hmm. probably just even further trusts that he knows what's best for her because Mm -hmm. it worked in the end. And he says he cares. So why should she not believe him? You know, Mm -hmm. it does come down to this, like, 
I don't want to say daddy issues either, but it comes down to this. Like I have no direction. I'm young. I'm growing. And this guy is, you know, teaching me the way. And you're right. Like it's when she sees the success that she allows herself to get further into it because she's like, why wouldn't I listen to this guy? Everything is going right when I do listen to him. So it's just sort of, that's how she learns. That's, that's how she grows. And it's really not good. It's not good for her, but that's how she's so far grown into a young woman is listening to this right perspective. And it kind of stems back to uh, what Hannah was saying earlier, um, like the loss of her father. Mm-hmm. Um, she truly believes that this is an angel she sent uh, that he sent her like he said that he would. Um, so she becomes enraptured by this phantom in memory of her father. Um, she's, been alone for so long she's been taken in by this uh, company of dancers and chorus members and um she's never really felt belong like uh, she's missing belonging and um here someone is actually focusing on her and putting time into her and she's also just so desperate to feel that connection again to her father so with all those things coming together, <clears throat> she is more gullible and more um, easy swaying. And um, yeah. So with all that, she also believes that she is the only one able to hear the angel. She doesn't know that it's that uh, like, <laughs> she doesn't know that it's a real voice that's talking to her. She just thinks that it's, she's hearing something to her personal. Yeah. Which also like, how how would that never come up (laughs) like if someone's in the room i guess he's just real careful about when he presents himself to her but but the psychology (sighs) of it all and being like okay i'm hearing voices and uh, i'm okay (laughs) crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, all right so let's dive into the guys Let's talk mm-hmm. about. Did I cut you off, Devin? Do you no, have more keep to say? Going. Okay. Uh, let's talk about these two men. So, what do these two offer to Christine? Why are they both so enticing? <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, Raul <laughs> offers, he offers some sense of familiarity. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's the safety and security and just the. The, the ability to know that she's going to be okay, she's going to be taken care of, she doesn't have to feel like she's in danger anymore, and she can just really feel safe and held. But at the same time, that's not quite as exciting. It's it's like the typical like bad boy thing that all girls like the bad boy. It's going to show them something exciting and new and dangerous, but fun. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of the Phantom to an extent. And and I know they, they actually meant that. Like I was reading um, a long time ago about just the scene where he's taking her into his lair and Mm -hmm. they darken her makeup and change her hair because she's supposed to be having this like sexual awakening. And it's just like, it's very different than the innocent love from Raul. So there's just very, two very different things that they offer. Yeah. Yeah, There's like a passion, like a darker Mm -hmm. romance, like that Gothic romance that you get. With I want it bad. Aaron. Bad yeah, romance. like this patch. And then, oh, <laughs> did you just say Lady Gaga? <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Raul's like the light. He's like the safety. He's like the knight in shining armor. And Eric is just your typical bad boy, leather jacket, motorcycle, but <laughs> in this era and lives underneath an opera house type. <laughs> and it's, that's interesting. I didn't know that they like did her makeup that way, but I did notice like her hair was different in the movie and there were some other things. So it's interesting that they do that to like even further put you in this realm of this is not little innocent Christine in this moment. This mm-hmm. is her realizing there's something deeper out there than like the traditional, like, you know, innocent love that she's experienced with Raul so far. So I think that's where it comes from. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. I think Raul, he's rich, so that kind of helps. He's rich. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. There is that familiarity. There is that um, homely nature about an old friend and falling in love with that person. And he represents home and someone that she can connect to who who remembers her father and who can just um, 
bond over about like past experiences and who, who she was in the past. Like when she was a little kid, like um, she probably has moments where she wishes that she were back in those days, like those days. And now she has someone who she can just continue those days with Um, Eric. He brings on the musical talent uh strengthening her making her stronger in those realms uh bringing in the fandom um that comes with her excelling in her career um and like you guys said there's that mystery of what might happen what could be with this uh, especially when she realizes that it's a real person talking to her (laughs) not some voice in the in her room uh or in her head um so there's that mystery and enticement as well that like you guys said as well, the dark um, curiosity of what, what could be um, with this love, with this passion um, in comparison to the, the innocent nature that is Raul. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. A little quick summary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, What's lacking from both of these relationships? I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that there's some real love lacking from the mm-hmm. thing with the, with the angel of music. Cause he just, he doesn't understand what real love is and mm-hmm. all he's known his whole life is people hurting him and abusing him. So I, I think when all you've experienced is pain and abuse, it's kind of, really difficult to know how to love someone. So Mm -hmm. he thinks he loves her, but he doesn't actually know how to do it. And she doesn't ever experience that real love. It's all just the lust and the passion and the obsession, but nothing really deep. And I think with Raul, it's, it's lacking a little bit of depth there. There, I think that they do have some depth there, but again, I think she just sees him as kind of her safety and her rescuer. So she's willing to just jump full force right into being with him, even though they haven't really had that much time (laughs) that they know each other as adults. (laughs) Like you said at the beginning, Devin, Uh, they, they just need a little bit more there other than just, Hey, I know you, you know me, let's be in love. Like they, they could probably use a little bit more depth. I think. Yeah. (laughs) I think depth is right because there, it is so early in their relationship. I still do get an element of passion from Raul and Christine. I could see between the two of them, maybe it fading over time, which I guess we see in this strange sequel that exists that I didn't know about. But I think perhaps with Phantom, there's just something about the the dark, like mysterious guy. You know what I mean? Like it's Wuthering Heights. It's Mr. Darcy. It's, and Devin knows I just have a thing. I have Mm -hmm. a thing for those types Mm -hmm. of guys. So when I first saw Phantom, I could I could have done without Raul, to be honest with you. But then <laughs> then towards the end, when I realized the fullness of his obsession with Christine, I was like, OK, never mind. Too dark. Don't go there. Too dark. No. <laughs> Too dark. Um, so there, there's just a lot of like passion there. I mean, like you said, he's been through a lot in his life, which tends to make someone feel things more and just like act in ways that are a little bit less than you or, or crazier than you'd expect. So I think it's like exciting for her to deal with him. Um, not, not in the scary parts, but just like, he's sort of more mysterious and just all over the place. And then Raul is more like, la la la, you know, <laughs> let's sing to each other on a rooftop, whatever. Um, I could see how that might get boring. So I think lacking depth is the right, the right word for it, because we don't even know if they really understand or know each other that well. So Yeah, I also think there's a little bit of, I I feel like I've noticed a few times that Raul kind of mansplains her a little bit. Oh, yeah. Silences her and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Like, you're just a girl, just go deal with your, you know what I mean? It's like, you go do your singing thing and then I'll do the important stuff. Whereas I think, you know, with with the Phantom, she gets a little bit more of her own... Yeah, she gets a little bit more of a say in things. I mean, not a ton. A he's very restrictive, like we talked about. But it's just, it's it's like he treats her like a strong person instead yeah. of a little weak porcelain doll. He puts doll. her up That's on a pedestal. True. He's like, you have the voice. Like, whereas Raul is more of a spectator. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He does his own yeah. thing. I get that. Um, 
like I said, Rahul lacks like a strong foundation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you guys already kind of commented on it. Um, I think they have something, but we don't get to see the real growth of their relationship. Um, Even when I read the book, I was like, okay, this guy just re-met this woman and he's already like saying how passionate he is about her. But like, I don't see why I don't get the, the reasoning behind it. Um, Very weird, but it was good (laughs) Um, for Eric. And I don't know. So I keep on, we keep on saying Eric. I don't know if it's actually stated in the actual musical what his name is i think they just refer to him as phantom or angel of music eric is from the text itself it's in the um, movie too with, oh, is with it? what's his name what's the guy's name gerard butler yeah that guy it's in the movie you sure is it i'm fairly certain that they okay. call or at least when i looked it up he was casted as eric oh okay well so i don't know if they actually ever reference it but um is that more of a book thing, though, that Correct. his name yeah. is Eric? Yes. I think it's a book thing. Yeah. Um, so, and his past kind of I just of love that name. Him. Eric is a nice name. Uh, but his past kind of impacts him heavily. Uh, I mean, he grew up um, tossed out from his family. And then because of his um, abnormality, and then he was accepted into... Um, a freak show and he was pointed at i forget what the title of his name like what they named but like he was the devil's at, child yeah the devil's nice. child there we go um he was so he never really experienced true love do we know why he was labeled that way was he just like put in a box like did he have special abilities like i don't know much about his history I think it was just his face. Uh, yeah, just his face. Oh, because he was deformed. And then mm-hmm. he escapes. He kills. Uh, he kills the guy and escapes. Um, so choices were made. <laughs> <laughs> some, some things were done. <laughs> but then he he. I think he's one of the designers of the opera house itself. I'm pretty sure he is a designer of the opera house, or he has helped remaster the that opera sounds house. familiar to um, me I which think is why so. which is why he's familiar with um the workings of it like how to maneuver around the building and uh he made all the trap doors and like he he's smart he knows things um but going back to the real piece of this is that he never really experienced true love before mm-hmm. or even just not just like uh relationship love not uh, what am i trying to say not romantic love but more like like just two people two friends liking each other like there's never been any real relationship that he's been able to work with so when he is able to connect with um christine he gets real possessive of it yeah um he because he's like oh wow i've never felt this before i've never experienced someone actually caring for me or wanting to hear what i have to say or um and i can hide behind a mask and it's going to be okay and uh this is just how it's going to be and um so his his view of love becomes distorted as it becomes an obsession. And I think that's the real piece that's lacking is that he doesn't have a foundation. He doesn't have a concept of what love, true love is. So therefore everything that follows is just his um, distortion of it all. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. So I think that's yeah. what those two are heavily heavily lacking when it comes to Christine. <laughs> yeah. These aren't little lacks here. These are big lacks. Um, okay, so why do Raul and Christine plan a secret engagement? Is uh, this the best way to start a marriage? Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a terrible way to start a marriage. However, <laughs> I like to think that she, well, I mean, it's obvious that she's the one pushing for it to be a secret and not yeah. him. Yep. And Realistically, it's probably because she still wants the Phantom in her life in some capacity, but I would prefer to believe that she just doesn't want Raul to be hurt. Cause I think that's another reality that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, but 
keeping in theory, keeping Eric from knowing what's happening with their betrothal to each other would help him from wanting to murder Raul. Cause you know, he is a murderer mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and we want to protect him at all costs. But I think also the reality is she just wants to have a little bit more. To, it's like, she wants to have her cake and eat it too. She wants to, mm-hmm have the safety and be in love and have the normal marriage things, but then still have a little access to the danger whenever she wants to. The danger. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. They, they they obviously won't hide it from the phantom, like as Hannah mentioned. um, And so that they can kind of elope together, but come on. It ain't going to work, guys. Come on. <laughs> it ain't going to work. He sees just, everything. Just beginning a relationship in secrecy or even a, not just a relationship, but a marriage in secrecy doesn't sound like it's going to work out in anyone's favor. Um, to be fair, know. though, <laughs> to be fair, though, <laughs> on another aspect, too, is that he is... Um, funding the opera house and she just recently rose to fame so there's probably right. an aspect there's of, there's probably a little social nature to yeah it as well, not wanting people to sure. think that she's only being successful because, because he's yeah. funding it and they're in love and sleeping together so yeah. also i, I think, get that also, but i think, I think there was sorry no you're good i think just maybe like wait a little bit how about we have a betrothal <laughs> period how about we get to know each other <laughs> no i we mean we do those things yeah well that's crazy uh but ultimately it's like her whatever her reason is for hiding it i just don't think there's ever really a good reason mm-hmm. to hide this like like we can sympathize with it we can justify oh this is why she did it but i just think ultimately like the truth is the truth and if we're going to hide it, it it better be for some safety purposes, mm-hmm. which I guess she kind of thought was going on. But I don't know. Like, I would rather her just break it off entirely with the Phantom right. and move on with her life than, like, go through. And that's ultimately why this happens, why, like, Raul gets captured, like, all of this. Personally, I think she should have nothing to do with this opera house anymore. <laughs> Get on the road. Go on. <laughs> go somewhere else. Take Raul, whoever, <laughs> whatever guy at this point, and go. Um, just because there's been too much drama here, too much damage done. So I think don't start a secret <laughs> marriage. Go start a new life. A healthy, good new life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I was I was my boyfriend was watching this for the first time earlier. He's never seen it before. Yeah. And halfway through, he was like, why don't they just leave? Uh-huh. Like, why are they? You don't have here? to stay here. Just baby stay girl. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also think, if I'm correct, Raúl is the younger brother, and I think their parents are deceased. So I think his brother also doesn't approve of him marrying down because they come from a higher society so i forgot what his title is i don't remember exactly but and he has like some special title he's a um, viscount viscount there we go oh love the viscounts so, on yeah, this right? show <laughs> <laughs> um but yes i think his brother was disappointed in him getting invested in a relationship that was him marrying down quote unquote so i think there was a little bit of social nature to it as well especially with, like as hannah mentioned the opera house and funding but come on <laughs> just expect better from you guys <laughs> <laughs> be adult no kidding uh <laughs> all right moving on um how do we feel about raul raul using christine as bait for the phantom for eric I Not hate great. it so much. <laughs> Not great. I hate it. This is one of the worst things that Raul does in the whole thing. I just think it's really, I, I don't know. I feel like he just gets it in his head that this is the only way, even though they could have literally just left the opera house and go somewhere it's, else. <laughs> it's the worst plan ever. I don't know. I don't love it at all. I don't think it's, I also don't think it's displaying true love in that moment because I 
I feel like if he really loved her, he'd want to keep her as far away from danger as possible mm-hmm. instead of yep. taking this risk of losing her. And again, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love them and I love their relationship, but you know, everyone has room for improvement. <laughs> I think keep, <laughs> this is keeping your fiance safe is like a minimum requirement. <laughs> it's the baseline. <laughs> it kind of strips away his knight in shining armor thing in my head. Like that's sort of what she sees him as the the safety, like somewhere she can go to like be safe, whatever. And then he just sort of isn't that in reality in this moment. So for me, it kind of like pulls the shades back from my mm-hmm. eyes a little bit on him. Like he also has growing up to do clearly. Yeah. Not um, cool, Raul. Not cool. That is great. <laughs> Not cool, Raul. I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> uh, there are other ways of putting her uh and putting her on display is for the entire audience to see and trying to draw out the phantom is not the best way to do it. Um, I mean, they even had the police force there and putting her in the line of fire. Like if they were to, if someone God forbid were to um, actually fire a shot, like there's a whole can of worms that you're opening up here and putting her in danger. Um, but I guess you have to chase after the damsel because that's what Knight and Shining Armors do. So, sure. Go ahead, Raul. Put her in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so much sense. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, speaking of Raul and his I don't know what he's thinking moments, um, is Raul's willingness to dive headfirst into danger for the one he loves romantic or would you consider it something else? I think that is a display of romance personally. I I mean, I think he doesn't think through his decisions very well. So oh. he's just <laughs> he's a little um what's the word? Oh, this is gonna bug me that I can't think of the word. I'm so sorry. You're good. What is that word when you do things without thinking about it? Like rash, like Yeah, he's rash, he's haphazard, mm-hmm. he just He's just like, oh, well, she's gone. I gotta go chase her. Ooh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> he just goes well, that didn't work it. out. Yeah. Oh, I guess I better fix it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's romantic because it's just showing that he'll do whatever and not worry about his, himself in order to protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's a little dumb, but at the very least, he does it. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. You, there are plenty of love stories that I've read where the guy is not willing to do this, is not willing to dive headfirst into danger for the one he loves. So whether or not it's like, I just want to kill this guy or I just want to like, I want to, you know, save my love, whatever the intent really is, at least he does it, which at least at least gives him some brownie points in my head after his stupid move of the bait thing. It's like, all right, well get your butt out there, man. Um, And he does. So I give him, let's give him credit for putting his own endangered fiance. Yeah. The girl he put in danger in the first place. And having to go help her out. Yeah. Let's give him some points. (laughs) At least he's not a pipsqueak, Devin. He's not like, I'm not doing this right now. (laughs) I guess. Sure. Let's, (laughs) let's give him some points. Uh, No. Um, I think there is some romance involved here, um, but honestly, he's not the smartest tool in the shed. So it seems like he wants to try to be the hero and is acting out of that desire. Um, Everyone, like he has this title, he has this, um, everyone likes him and he's easy, like charismatic and everyone just appreciates his company. And now he has a chance to be a hero and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be the hero. Um, so he's, he thinks that this is what he needs to do. Uh, he's doing what he thinks a hero should do. Um, in the, in the novel, I'm pretty sure he is freaking out at this point and a character named the Persian comes in like, Hey, I know where to get her to come with me and, and takes them off. And then they get trapped into the torture chamber and, uh, more danger ensues, but um, <laughs> so they kind of simplify that in the, in the story, which is a okay with me because we don't get to see all of 
um, Raul making poor choices, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he, I think he does, he does it in the best, um, best sense. Like he, he has the right motivation. He just doesn't necessarily go through the whole processing nature of it. Right. Yeah. He has a little bit of poor execution on some of his plans, <laughs> yep. but it, he means well, you know, he like means I, well. that's what matters, you know, <laughs> that's all that matters in the he end. He has a it's good funny. heart. <laughs> I mean, really, like he, you know, he he put her in danger with his first plan, yes, but at least he had a plan. Whoops, my bad. And, yeah. and then when it went wrong, he threw himself into He owns no up plan. to it and goes after. Yeah. And then that doesn't really work out that well either, but it's okay because he tried. Listen, he gets captured then he ha- and she has to save the day anyways. So I'm sorry. I'm really trashing him. I really don't feel Definitely that badly about him. Opinions about this stuff. First, he's a good Rory guy. Gilmore, he's a good guy, but Raul. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. I promise. I, I do. I do like him. We'll Just see really bad choices. Really bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, am I? Am I the next one? Sorry, I got yeah, distracted. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> laughing at yourself, you got distracted. <laughs> Okay, so why does Phantom ultimately let Raul and Christine go? And how do you perceive their future to have turned out? I think he, I don't know. I think there's a lot of reasons he lets her go. I think he realizes once he sees them together, because I, I don't feel they, they're never really in the same room altogether until that ending the scene. Love triangle. Mm-hmm. The love triangle. Yeah, when it finally comes to, to a head. And I, I think... That's when he finally sees an example of what real love's real love is, where he's Raul is willing to sacrifice himself for Christine. And, you know, he's telling her not to mm-hmm. save him. He's like, don't spend your whole life with this other man just to keep me alive. Like I'd rather die and have you be happy. And I think it's the first time that Eric has ever seen any kind of sacrificial love. That's really real. And that probably makes him realize that what he's feeling for her is not real love and Mm -hmm. is not what he thought it was. And, you know, he just cares about her and wants her to be happy. So I, I, my perception is that I think he just decides that he would rather her be happy finally (laughs) than, than him have this thing that he's been looking to attain this entire time. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he really is touched by it. That's my question. Like I kind of, I don't know if he would be motivated necessarily by, oh, crap. Well, maybe if I let them go, I I won't get, you know, found out by the police or whatever it is. Like, so, I don't think he'd be motivated by that. But at the end of the day, like, and I guess you're right. He really doesn't have human interaction in this way. So maybe he was touched by their their relationship in that moment. So what my perspective is, and uh, so Hannah saw the same idea that I have, but on Raul's side, but I'm seeing it through um, a phantom looking at Christine. She admits, she says that, yes, I will be with you. And she kisses him. Yeah. And because yeah. she shows that true act of love by saying she'll stay with him. Um, he decides to like, he sees what love is by her saying that, yes, although I don't want to be with you. I will be with you if that's what it takes. Correct. So I think that is the moment that Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, maybe I don't understand what love is. And this Mm -hmm. is a moment of true love. This is a moment where she's sacrificing herself um, and her future for somebody else. Um, So I think that's kind of his moment of realization, which is why he, kind of just acts like in a stupor like um lets them go and kind of descends into the darkness again and we never really see him again it's hard also just in itself this is his like first moment of like physical interaction like ever so perhaps it just awakens a more human side to him in general Mm -hmm. that she kissed him Mm -hmm. like i And this is the thing, like, the Phantom is a villain, but he's not really a villain in my head. Like, a villain to me is someone who, sort of like Javert, who has been given all the choice, like, all of the 
the options to choose the good and the bad and they choose they continuously choose the bad but in this case like i feel like eric hasn't been given any type of human interaction connection example of the no, good the real- and then finally when he does get it perhaps he chooses correctly so yeah the real villain in the story is society and how they treated him to create the phantom in the first yeah. place yeah um, and that's and- that's yeah i i think there's also this he has this complex the entire show of nobody loves him because of his face and then there's mm-hmm. finally at the end this realization that it's 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 not about him at all it's not about his face it's not about anything it's about the fact that she just loves raul mm-hmm. and yeah she's not choosing raul because she thinks that he's disgusting or ugly or whatever she's choosing raul because she loves him mm-hmm. and it's not about his face at all and it's it's like the first time that anyone's ever made any kind of decision regarding him that wasn't to do with his looks and his, his deformities yeah. very true um in relation to their future together i the, it, it seems like it goes well i mean he visits her grave so that's that's nice <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice thing well i mean there is a future they have together evidently <laughs> uh, we're just gonna ignore that yeah i hate it so much well, the thing is like i i still have concerns about the two of them i mean not only were they young and immature when they got together but they went through this like crazy trauma filled couple of weeks or months or whatever it was with this guy so I just sort of wonder like how healthy their relationship is going to be to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that they sought healing, whatever it may be, but this is not the time period that most likely that happened. <laughs> they probably just left and were like, okay, that happened. Moving on. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So perhaps him gambling away all the money might be what happens. I, we really don't know enough about Raul to say whether or not that makes sense. Um, they they go i mean there's like it's just a whirlwind like the the entire beginning of their relationship is a total whirlwind and there's always something happening and there's always a new trauma and a new danger and a new excitement going on like i wonder i don't know what happens when the dust settles and you have children and just like a normal day-to-day life you know like how do you go from fighting the phantom in the opera house on the daily to now like working a nine to five and cooking dinner. Like what do you do from there? That's so much. Especially if Raul's family would have turned him. Like, I don't know anything about his family, but he there, his family had issue or took issue with him being with her. So who knows if they stuck around and as a Viscount, like who knows if he got all of their resources or if they denied him those resources, like that could also be problematic. Like, I don't know. I don't know much about what happens or how his family might react. So it is very like, okay, dust settles. Now yeah. what? <laughs> I think my assumption is that disregarding the sequel, because I yeah. just hate it so much. <laughs> now, <laughs> we're just going to disregard it. <laughs> my assumption is I, I think they get there happily ever after, you know, at the end when he's an old man, you know, throughout where they're showing like the other timeline throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And he's an old man and it's clear he's still a Viscount. He still has money because he's Good. spending it oh, at the true. opera house getting the thing. So I, I think, I, I think he's still continuing his life. I assume that they got married and had kids and were happy. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I believe that the Phantom probably just loved her from afar, kept, you know, watch over her to make sure she was okay. And that they both grieved really heavily when she passed and they both loved her till the end. And that's what I that's choose sad, to Anna. But it's true. I mean, it's also, I think that's kind of, at least from the movie side of things, which is really where I have the most experience. I think that's the perspective you can probably get from seeing that last scene at the opera house. Yeah. Cool. But anyway, Oh, do you have thoughts, Devin? No. Okay. So last question here. Do we ship it? I do. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any like last thoughts on them? I just think, you know, we kind of established that they didn't have a perfect relationship (laughs) and they, there was mistakes, but there is no perfect relationship. And I think it's a little bit more realistic than a lot of things. I think it's really nice to see a nice guy win in the end instead Mm -hmm. of the bad boy winning. And it's just, it's just a different ending than you would expect from a movie or a show like this. And Mm -hmm. 
I really love it. I, I ship them. I think they're great. Devin? I do. With a caveat. <laughs> this is always his answer. <laughs> With contingencies, but yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think they they have a brighter future together. Um, she definitely has a brighter future with Rebel than she did with uh, Eric. So um, I just want there to be more. Just give me some more sustenance. So that way I know that she has a... Like, I feel like we get to know Christine a lot, but we don't necessarily get to know a whole lot about Raul. And I feel like that is what's um, not allowing me to put my full stamp. It's like there, but it's faint stamp. Like, it's I'm putting the stamp down, but it's like, not sticking yeah. on the paper kind of deal. Like, <laughs> I ship it. I think I ship it out of the two relationships. Like out of the two guys she's got in her life. <laughs> if we're putting it, if we're putting it in perspective here, like we're that, take the apple. <laughs> it's gonna be Raul. I, I would be intrigued to see again, not this sequel, but I would be intrigued to see what happens with the Phantom um and what happens with Raul mm-hmm. and Christine in their lives. But we always get to that point, Devin, where we're like, we want to see more. We want to know more before we say yes. So I'm just, I'm going to say yes. Like I ship it. There are lots of problems here, but they're very cute. And it's clear that they love each other. So I ship it. They also have like some great songs that they sing together. So (laughs) that'll get (laughs) you. Awesome. So there you have it. Our thoughts on Phantom of the Opera. Now, what do you all think? So our first comment here comes from Megan. And she says, love the whole dark romance journey with Phantom. Got to dance with darkness for a little funsies, right? But at the end of the day, we're nourished most by light. Raul was definitely healthier for Christine in the long run. I'm a bigger fan of Raul also because I just love friends to lovers and they were childhood friends. But I also cry for the Phantom at the end every time. Yet, just because my heart goes out to him doesn't mean I think he's a good match for Christine, you know? And we do know. <laughs> we <laughs> that do. Was good. We certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Megan. All right. So our next comment comes to us from Chelsea and she says, hello, I have many thoughts. First, I think everyone needs to be clear on which Eric we are talking about book versus movie slash musical. Uh, These Eric's are very different. I think he is a deeply complicated character that gets oversimplified to the psycho stalker um, guy. But I think he represented a lot of learned communication, not to excuse his crimes, but when violence has been the only way to escape ridicule and literal abuse, it's no wonder he turns out the way he does. So as he falls in love with Christine, it's a perverted form of love, and he does, and he, but he does love her. When he um, is able to see a different way to love via Christine, as she says that she will stay with him to save Raul, he realizes that maybe there is more to love. People forget he made a sacrifice, being alone forever, so Christine could be happy. Sorry, I just love the Phantom and think it's a lot more nuanced than people think. Oh, I think that's a really good summary here. Yeah. And I think that it would it would be a failure to say that um, the Phantom doesn't learn something through all of this and actually Agreed. end up not just the villain. Um, okay. And then our last comment comes from Kiwi and the Bird. Hello, ladies. Good to hear from you again. They say, I thought I was Team Raul, but every time I hear music of the night, I'm like, Raul who? (laughs) 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 That's a good one. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So true. Uh, thank you to all our commenters and a special thank you to Hannah for joining us for not just our opening episode of season five, but also our 100th episode. Yay. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you guys. It's fun. Uh, and if you all are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review. It helps out immensely. Yep. And don't be a stranger. Engage with us on social media, uh, particularly Instagram, and email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com if you want to join for a future episode. We would love to have you. Thank you so much, shippers, for getting us to episode 100. We owe it all to you. Yes, we love you all. Love me. That's all I ask of you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.